As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gilchrist-Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always... On Mondays, actually, we're not recording this on Monday, but on Mondays is Michele Vera. Michele, what's up? Well, it's a weird recording setting, but here we are. Um, it's great. We're podcasting, so. Hey, that's right. We So here's the deal. I'm taking a few days off of work and just to catch a breather before the playoffs. And so we're going to record a couple episodes that are just... Uh, they're not related to the way the Thunder are playing right now. So, this first episode is going to be a way too early 2022 redraft. And to to determine the order, I have this, ran, I'm on random.org, and I'm going to uh, flip a coin to see who gets it. Uh, it's giving me so many options for different kinds of coins. Wow, this is unbelievable. Pick a damn coin. Yeah, uh, okay, so, Michele, heads or tails? Um, heads. Okay. Okay, heads it is. You get the first pick in the 2022 redraft. We are going to draft for the teams again. So if, so this is not just your... Your, your power rankings of these players. Big board. This is not a big board. This is you saying, hey, if I am the Orlando Magic, I would have taken X. So with the first pick, the Orlando Magic, select who, McKellie? Oh, boy. Um, I did not expect to have the first pick. I always pick tails. Um, <laughs> um, it's, it's tricky, you know. Um, for what we know, 
uh, Chet Holmgren could be the next Greg Oden or the next Kevin Durant uh, or yeah. neither. But it's um, Paolo Banquero looks every bit of this semi-star. Mm -hmm. um, he was pre-draft, uh, maybe even better yeah. than what we thought. He's not efficient. Um, that comes with a great role and also not having a real point guard to play with. Yeah. Um, a real point guard so to be may maybe a huge diss to Markel Fultz. Yeah, okay. Yes. Uh, a point guard that can actually put pressure on the rim and mm -hmm. free up space mm -hmm. for Paolo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Someone like Shea, who has two slash three, maybe four guys attached to him. Yeah, um, totally. Or at least someone that the defense care about when mm -hmm. he has the ball in his hands. Mm -hmm. So this is a long story to say that if I would probably... I love Chet Holmgren, yeah. uh, but he comes with risks. Yeah. And I think that for Orlando, who has a ton of uh, injury issue already mm -hmm. um, in his roster, I would actually pick uh, Paolo Mancara with the number one pick. Yeah, no, I think that makes a ton of sense. Uh, would you have done the same? I think I would have. Yeah, for Orlando, yes. They need some centerpiece score. And I'm not confident that that's Chet. I think he's going to be an outstanding supporting piece. Now, I could be wrong that he is like a main mm -hmm. scorer. That's possible, certainly. But I think you can – I don't know that he would have averaged 20 points a game on Orlando like Paolo has. So, I feel – You mean he would have like 25? <laughs> I feel pretty – I feel really good if I'm Orlando. And I feel like they did the right thing. So, yeah. yes. Number two – is interesting. I I will say that I don't think anything is going to change. I think Chet will end up being the pick, but I think that you also have to factor this in. Doing a redraft, if everybody had a chance, okay, just tear that draft up, let's get a redo. The Thunder are not getting Jalen Williams at 12. I can tell you that. And so right now, in my head, I'm having to choose between Jalen Williams and Chet. And that's a that's a harder decision than I ever thought it would be. Yeah, because being able to watch what what J Dub can do, whoo, he's gonna. I think he's gonna be a star. Like I legitimately think he's gonna be a star, and it's tough to let go of that for Chet, yeah. who we know is is hurt, but is looking good and is going to come back next year. And he could be the exact missing piece this team needs. Even if it was SGA, Giddy and Chet, like that's still like an outstanding young core. And mm -hmm. he just feels like a, a separate need. So I think I'll stick with Chet, but I'll just have this like piece of my heart, just like yearning for Jalen Williams as he's playing for a different team. And like a very terrible team. <laughs> because, yeah, probably so. Yeah. Because there's no way. I mean, if I were Detroit, knowing what what is going to happen, I would do whatever I can to get another um, wing like yeah. Jade up in my roster. Yeah, um, without a doubt. But I don't think that, um, that a team like Houston, who is desperate to for some playmaking, for some uh, steady basketball force um, that they would flinch 
and pick any other than than J Dub because um, Matherin is scoring the basketball a lot, not efficiently, but he's a great scorer. I think the percentage will bump up um, because he's eighty three percent from the line. Yeah. The stroke is good. Uh, he takes questionable shots um so the variety of shots he's taking is different than the one that j-dub is taking mm -hmm. even if weirdly enough like whenever j-dub had the opportunity to bump up the number of shots he's, he he takes it's not that the efficiency actually drops in those games so we don't know uh with the same amount of shots uh which player has the best results uh we know what we saw um yeah. maybe i'm a little bit homerish here um but i would i would pick jada uh with the number three pick in this draft for yeah. Houston. yeah and that's like you're speaking to why this was like a hard decision at two because he's should be right up there like he definitely is one of the best five players in this in this draft so far now it's, yeah things are going to change whether that be somebody get a whole lot better, maybe he gets a whole lot better, and he's the second best player in this draft. I mean, that's not yeah. out of the question. And so it just, I mean, it makes things really interesting. I mean, if you look at the last 15 games that these guys have played, J-Dub's number two in scoring in the past 15 games. 17.8 mm -hmm. points per game, 55% from the field, 45% from three, 79% from the line. Five boards, four assists, two steals. If you're Houston, that might be close to what you're getting the whole season, and J Dub might be winning the rookie of the year. Yeah, uh, I would. I would actually remove the might with those efficiency. I mean, that's that's almost all star level. Yeah, stats well, right okay, there. yeah. The the efficiency is probably not going to be there, but like the seventeen five and four. You're gonna get. I think you'd get something close to that if you just handed him yeah. the the keys to the team, and especially with a team like Houston, where it's just like, hey guys, we don't know what's going on. Like, just you know, play play the basketball, everybody. Good luck. You know, like that's that's what's play going on. That's what's going on there. It's just a complete disaster. And I think J Dub would take control of that team, and he would show very quickly that like yeah i'm a lot better than jalen green is at least right now jalen's got like yeah. way better athleticism he's got better tools overall as a guard but he hadn't put it together and yeah. and jada has put it together and so like you look at ben matherin like the last 15 games for matherin 12 points on 43 27 86 free throw shooting and he's only taken three free throws a game in the last 15 games He's yeah. played all 15. So he had a hot start, but the shot selection is is not great. And then the assist numbers, too. Like, the guy just doesn't pass. You know, if yeah. he's playing 30 minutes a game, he's averaging one assist a game, and he has the ball in his hands all the time. You know, he wouldn't... like Talking about, like, the Thunder, like, would the Thunder, you know, like to have had a shot at Ben Mather? And, like, I, I honestly think No. Because I don't think he would fit here. Because he, you'd basically say, be saying like, "Yeah, we're gonna select this guy, and he's gonna be the sixth man for the team." And that's and that's why people question like, "Why has Ben Matherin the sixth man for the Pacers?" Well, he kind of plays like Jamal Crawford did. Like he kind of yeah. plays like those guys, 
And I think that Rick Carlisle sees that. And maybe he ends up starting, but I think people people got way ahead of themselves on Matherin to start the season, I think. And I think he's a good player, but I think that Jalen Williams is like the better functional basketball player that you could slide onto any team and he would fill needs for the for that team immediately. Yeah, and again, for the season, he is at 1.5 steals, mm-hmm. which is not something super-duper great, but he's by far the rookie that is impacting that, that category. And we we said it many times at the beginning of the season, uh, we were not confident at the moment in J-Dub's defense. We were not keen on his defense. Yeah. But we were, say, we were looking ahead and say, okay, there are moments where you clearly see him engaged. And now he is showing off defensively, which is not entirely conducing to every, having like great defensive game overall, but he has moments where you can clearly see, oh, okay, mm-hmm. he's getting there. He knows what to do. Yeah. And, and these moments are the ones that you, that you have an efficient player on offense as a rookie, which again is unheard of. But anyway, let's, right. let's like the fact that you actually get a player that knows how to play and how to impact both sides of the court, it's, it's remarkable. And yeah. and is isn't it great that we don't have to choose <laughs> between oh Chad and Jadab? Honestly, it would be a night like a lot of times you're like your team gets a chance at like the draft again. And you're like, no, please no, please don't do this because <laughs> you lose. Yeah. And I, and it's funny, uh, Zach Harper, who I work with at the Athletic, was saying like even before the season, he's like, my hot take is that Chet is not going to be the best rookie for the Thunder. That it's going to be Jalen Williams, and he was saying that in October. You know, yeah, he said, but then check got hurt and whatever. But he's like, that's he was like, I had been preparing that hot take for a while, and yeah. he may have been right, anyways. You know, just it's harder for bigs to acclimate to the league, uh, mm-hmm. especially a really skinny big man, and so that may end up may have ended up being true, but now they're not even in the same rookie class. So, Okay, number four. The Kings took Keegan Murray. He's still on the board. We still have Jabari Smith on the board. But it's hard for me to go, after watching them up close and watching them a bunch this season, it's hard for me to pick anybody but Keegan Murray for them. Cause he, no, I love, so, I love it so much that you are sticking with Keegan, uh, even with Matherin and Ivy there. I would have done the same. Yeah, I mean, he fits what they want to do. Like, they move the ball really well. He's got great size. He can really shoot the ball. He's a team player. I mean, he's basically, he's very similar to Harrison Barnes. It was like Harrison Barnes, again, but probably a little bit better shooting touch than Barnes has. Um, Like, that's no slide on Barnes. I just think that Keegan's got more upside there as like a truly lights-out shooter. And so I'm going to stick with Keegs there. He's He's been super good. It's hard for me to – I think that actually removing him and adding a guy like Jaden Ivey or Jabari Smith alters this magical season that the Kings have had. And I just don't want to do that for them. I want them to just be able to have this magical season, no disruptions, and you take Keegan Murray away, I think that that disrupts it. And then if you add anybody else – I just don't think they play. Like, I just don't think Jaden Ivey plays a huge role for them. I just don't think... I think Ben Matherin plays for them, but I think he's disruptive to what they do. He doesn't fit within the flow 
of what the king, how the Kings yeah. want to play. So I'll stick with Keegan just for, for all those reasons. Yeah. The flow of the offense is just uh, fun yeah. and, and functional. I mean, Keeks is one that, I mean, you, you can clearly see sometimes uh, with teams that, that plays with uh, rhythm, uh, mm -hmm. less pattern, more rhythm, mm -hmm. um, that you see like big horns uh, that completely go out of the rhythm of the of the play. This is not Keegan Murray. He's always in the flow. He knows what to do. He takes all the right shots. He makes shots. He's one of the most efficient rookies uh, shooting currently. Um, 44.8% and 40% from three, but the majority of his shots are threes. So he's actually efficient um, yep. overall. Yep. And and again, you, if you have like a 6'10 guy who is playing okay defensively, he's not like a great defender, but not even a, a bad one. Um, and he's, or a terrible one, um, and he's shooting 41% from three, and it's not lucky because he has a ton of attempts. Um, so um, that's, that's just exactly what you need. And I mean, he was one of the guys that I was, do, do you remember? I mean, if it, we were discussing what if OKC gets also the Clippers pick in the number four, um, mm -hmm. and we said, okay, let's draft Chet and Keeks. Uh, yeah. That would have been like a great combo. Um, yeah, the JW is clearly great, Yeah. but um, we, we would never, never, ever drafted uh, JW there. So yeah, me and you, meaning maybe Presti would have done the same. Um, yeah, possibly, this, possibly. <laughs> and that, that would have been quite the pick. Yeah. Um, I would love to ask him that, but anyway, um, number five, hmm. As of late, as of late, mm -hmm. Jaden Ivy mm -hmm. has been better. Yeah. And no I still think that to maximize um, well, you, you you need to take the best the best player. Uh, you don't currently like Kate is good, but 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 just it's it's all I don't know theory. It's not actual. Um, but I still think that Jaden Ivy has the best upside to mm -hmm. be functional with Kate, and so I would probably stick with Jaden Ivy here. Yeah. Again, I would, I'd have I would have done anything if I were the Pistons to draft Jaden. Because mm -hmm. I think that JW is awesome for them mm -hmm. um, and for the Kings, to be honest. Um, yeah, without a doubt. But if they are not there, um, I don't know if Matherin is my cup of tea. Um, yeah. And so I would have gone with uh, Jaden Ivy anyway. Um, yeah. Boy, Jabari Smith is like sinking. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. It's tough. I feel bad for Jabari. I think that he I think he is a good player. I just mm -hmm. think he's been put in the absolutely worst situation for him. Um Yeah. Yeah, I, I like keeping Ivy there. I think the possibility of still like the fire and ice component for the Pistons at guard is really fun. Mm -hmm. And it's a shame that Cade got hurt because I think those are gonna be important developmental minutes for those guys to have. If you if you could just have a and they're gonna have another bad season next year because of it, I think. Yeah. That they're gonna have to figure this out. And it's not a simple fit, but if they could make it work, then it's really fun. And I think it's something that could propel the pistons for a really long time. Just because I do think I think Ivy's that good and I really believe in Cade. So I like that pick and I like to 
to keep that just because I I want to see what the possibility is like there. Uh, number six, the Pacers. I think I am going to go Jabari Smith here to the Pacers okay. instead of Matherin. I, I think that a guy like Halliburton would be perfect for a guy like Jabari, who yeah. still has a really high ceiling as a defender, who I think can shoot the basketball. I mean, he showed that at Auburn. Like, I don't think that that was just like some fluky year. I mean, he's got good no. touch. And I think a situation like Indy would be really good for him. And I think that this is a – like you start him and Miles Turner together and you have – a real front court and Turner's young enough to where, I mean, they gave him an ex- a small extension. That doesn't mean they're going to keep him long-term, but he's even said like, he'd be good retiring there. I think having that as your front court of the future, along with Matherin or not Matherin, I'm sorry, Halliburton. And mm-hmm. then finding somebody else. I think, again, I think Ben Matherin's a little overrated at this point. I think he's a good player, but I think he's overrated. And so, I would take a chance on Jabari to see if I if that that culture there, which I I think it would do wonders for him, and I think just playing off of one of the best passing point guards in the league, and the guy is precision in the pick and roll, and that's what Jabari needs. He needs somebody who's looking for him that creates space and looks for him, and then he can create space for Halliburton. And you basically can play five out with this Indiana team that wants to kind of fly around and space the floor. And so I think he kind of fits perfectly with what they want to do. So I'll take Jabari there. Blazers here. Um, Even if I kind of, in theory, um, like the idea of maybe Sharp in five years, I think that this is too high. Um, I mean, Sorry, uh, Matherin cannot go uh, below this. I think that yeah, for totally. the for the Blazers, um, you add a dynamic score. I know that he doesn't solve many issues that they have in terms nope, of defense. Fits, and, fits, and, fits right in with all their issues. Yeah, but 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 I don't see any other. Uh, to be honest with you, yeah, Sohan um, has played well enough uh, for the Spurs. This is one guy that I. I'm thinking of here, mm-hmm. Tyson Daniels. I mean, we we have seen too little of him. Yeah, uh, to have any idea. I mean, if you're, the, the if you're looking too- for immediate help for the Blazers, mm-hmm. what they really need is a big. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't want to do that. Okay, it's too right. high for me. Okay, it's too high for me. Okay, I know. I know that Walker Kessler has been good. Uh, as of late, Mark Williams has been better. Yeah, uh, Jendron is Dylan still an upside good. guy. Yeah. Jay Will is shooting the three ball, so <laughs> Jay Will. I'm talking about so, Jay Will. Yeah, <laughs> I think that he's drafted in the first round. Yeah, yeah, not here, not here, uh, but not here, sure. not 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 nearly here. Um, yeah. But Matherin ha- had upside in terms of defense um, at Arizona. Um, not sure if the Blazers culture will actually help with that. Um, I think you know the answer to that. I don't know. The answer is maybe. Um, no, the answer is no. Uh, but I, I don't like other prospects 
Yeah, I agree. I, I think that Ben is the the most complete player out of this whole group outside of the bigs. Um, yeah. You could get a little wild and go with a guy like Tari here. No, too. no. Absolutely not. And just see I, I know it. he's producing, but he's everything that I don't like I know. In, a, in, Dude, a, in a basketball player. Same here. Same not here. But I'm just saying, everything. I'm saying just injecting a little chaos into that Blazers team, you know, might help no, a little bit. But yeah, I, I think really Ben, ben Matherin's the right, the right pick. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, Eight, New Orleans. They picked Dyson Daniels, who I think is a good pick. He... I still worry about his offensive game a little bit. Mm-hmm. New Orleans has big men, so you don't really want to pick any of the bigs here. You think about Shaden Sharp here as a guy oh. that's that could be developing in the background. Uh, I think about my guy Jeremy Sohan, who's a little bit like Larry Nance, and so they kind of already have a kind of like tweener flowy forward he's healthy he is healthy that's true and he's got cool hair uh and he shoots one-handed free throws uh i think you'd be a fan i think he would be a fan favorite there um it's probably too high for a guy like aj griffin but i'm thinking about him just because Mm -hmm. they could use shooting um I'm gonna I'm gonna go Sohan here for New Orleans, just to inject another playmaker, defender, weird guy that I think Pelicans fans would absolutely love. Um, I like the pick. Um, I don't think I'm going Dyson Daniels here for the Spurs. Um, okay. since I know everything that happened, um, 
I don't know where this person will pick. And even if there is a huge chance of drafting Wemby, um, I think that I would go crazy upside here uh, in terms of uh, I would draft a big man um, yeah. because there is no other wing. I, I'm I, I, There's actually a wing, uh, but I, I, I want to keep him for later. I don't know. It's either AJ Griffin or, J- or Jalen Duran for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Leaning Duran a little bit. I don't know. I know the big mans are actually not what you should draft. Um, he's good. We are. He's good. Uh, and and he can probably I mean if you look uh, Im- imagine they get either one or two in the draft mm-hmm. it it fits anyway you have a guy like Vassell um, you have Kellen Johnson who is not a guy that that really spaces the floor but but he's a he's a guy that I would actually worry if he's along the corner mm-hmm. and, and Wemby will shoot the basketball and Scoot will create havoc mm-hmm. so. I think that having a dunking machine uh, that can actually have some upside is something that you you'd actually want. Yeah, I think he'd be so. It's Jalen Durant for me. I think he'd be crazy productive there too. Yeah, and mainly because I already know that um, Bolo is not part of the equation anymore. So yeah, yeah no more Jakob. Yeah, no, I think that that makes sense. I think that that makes sense. Uh, okay. The the team that is just begging for a redo. I think of all these. I think everybody else is feeling pretty good at this point. Even Houston can like still hold out hope for Jabari. But the Johnny Davis pick at ten is just probably just absolutely destroying the uh, the Wizards front office on a daily basis. So I'm not going to take Johnny Davis again. But guys that would have really helped are uh, are not really on the board. You know, J-Dub would be, like, the ideal guy for them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I I think I'm going to go Dyson Daniels here. I think that he fits well next to Beal. He can take some of the point guard duties from him. He can defend the better player. I think that's this is kind of actually the, the vision for Johnny Davis. But I think Dyson Daniels might actually be able to do it, except for the shooting stuff, which is a little concerning but I mean, they have shooters there they I mean, do they have Kispert they have I mean Adavia is not really a shooter yeah no he's not they play that like I mean they, Porzingis I mean like they try yeah, to play five Kuzma out. yeah they, they have they have shooting yeah I'll 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 stick with that I'll stick with Dyson Daniels for them and at least you get a player that can be in your rotation <laughs> this year yeah <laughs> and not with the G League um be rough for a guy like Dyson Daniels to go back to the G League. It's like I was just there. Like don't you don't send me back. That's where I came from. Um, okay, so now we're at eleven and twelve. Let's just say the Thunder have traded for the next pick and they have twelve. This is now not the greatest situation <laughs> in the world because yeah. we've, we've taken all the good players. But where where do we go here? For eleven and twelve, and then I th- I think we'll we'll end the podcast here is with eleven. And 12. Oh no, I I'm dying to pick Mark Williams with the uh, I don't know thirteen pick or whatever <laughs> Walker Kessler. Um, I mean I I don't think that OKC would have sniffed uh, Mark Williams or Walker Kessler anyway no, uh, if they no. were here. And Kessler's good. I 
I, I feel a little bad we didn't take him. There wasn't the right situation for him, but Kessler is good. I actually, if I had the Blazers pick, I might have taken him there. No. Because he could no. really, really help them. He's he's so nimble. He is a like a legit great shot blocker. He can finish really well at the rim. They they def they need a big that is functional there. I think he would have I think he actually would have helped them quite a bit. Yeah, but I mean, look around. Um, I think that in the coming months, uh, they would have, they they will have the possibility to to snag a guy like Capella from the Hawks pretty easily. Um, yeah, maybe so. But Capella's old now. Hey, he's it's not that old. He's pretty old. No, he's um, what is he like? Twenty nine. Um. How old is Clint Capella? I feel like he's. Old. I don't know. He doesn't seem that old. He's so old. Um, he is. Yeah, twenty, almost twenty nine. So old. Yeah. He's he's basically he's, in a wheelchair, going up okay. the court in Atlanta. Um, what I would do, which is not what the Thunder would do, mm-hmm. um, is drafting for sure AJ Griffin. Yeah. yeah. You get your guy. Yeah, I get my guy, um, and I, I I don't want to trade that pick anymore. I mean, I know that the, the same player <laughs> they drafted is there, but I'm not sure I want to spend three pick on him. Um, would you take Jang again for them? Like, if would you just go AJ Griffin and Jang and just say, "All right, you know, do your thing." I think that I would like looking at the rest of this class. Like, is there really somebody else that you're like, "Oh man." He would be great. And you, you 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 don't pick a guy like Kessler. Um, no, they're not taking a big. No, they're not. Um, you don't take Nimhard, even if he's no. been okay. No, he's he's um, been actually bad lately. Yeah, you, you don't pick a guy like uh, Abaji or a guy no. like you don't pick Johnny Davis. You, no. you, you don't pick. You may want to pick Shaden Sharp. Um, he still has some. Oh, that's side. true. We haven't taken Shaden Sharp yet. Yeah, no, actually, yeah, that's I, what you do. That's actually what you do. Yeah, you pick you pick Shaden Sharp and AJ Griffin and hope that one wing will actually develop. Well, no, I think what I think I think if this were the Thunder, I think they would take Shaden Sharp and Usman Jang. No, oh, that's gross. It's really not that gross. It's really not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's not that gross. I, I agree, but uh, uh, I mean, it's it's aging Griffin. AJ Griffin, I think, is will work okay. I'm, I'm positive that we will work okay with Shea. He's shooting thirty eight point four percent from three on four attempts, and we don't see he would have like six attempts, seven yeah. attempts per game. He's taking Isaiah Joe's spot. Is he taking Isaiah Joe's spot? He's he's shooting eighty seven percent from the line. I, I want the real shooter, and he is a real shooter. Yeah. And I just want that. Yeah. I, I don't care about potential um, maybe in in 10 years in Europe being a good player type of guy. Yeah. Just, I, just, I just feel that uh, AJ Griffin at 11 or 12 is a fine pick to have in a, in a player that I, I don't know anything about his character mm-hmm. or his willingness to be a team player. Yeah. Um, that is the part that I don't know, and I know... I don't know how to evaluate. Yeah. Um, 
I know that he's not a great decision maker with the basketball. He tends to Definitely shoot it not. rather than making decision with it. Yeah. Um, but he but he can shoot it. Yeah. <laughs> the, the point that the, the shooting point is actually something that I think everyone in OKC knows the value of that as of now. I mean, Lindy Waters, he's taking minutes and he's excelling in those minutes because he has a shot and yeah. he's not nearly the shooter that, that AJ Griffin can be. So Yeah, it's true. I mean, guys, you, you, what's you what's, also have a two-way and not a first-one pick spent on him. I I agree right. that that yeah, is yeah, also yeah. a decision. Yeah. No. What's What's cool about this team is that, and this is why I don't know. I, th- I wonder if people just think back to, you know, the Kevin and Russ days, and even like the PG and Russ days, where it's like, hey, we, why couldn't we get even a Lindy Waters type of guy at that time? Um. You just have to remember the league was so different, especially when Kevin and Russ were in the league. There were guys in the league that played big minutes that would not play at all today. Like, Look at a guy like Montrez Harrell. Do you think that Montrez Harrell really got worse, or do you think the league changed so much that Montrez couldn't play in the league anymore? It's the latter. I think that he did not find... Uh, yes, and he also did not find... the. Uh... I don't. I, I don't think that Montrez is a player that can't play in this league right now. I think that he has uh, a gift in terms of being a rebounder and an aggressive player. Yeah, but he can't um, defend. He can I just, know. He just I, can't defend. I, I didn't know that. I, I think I those guys that. are done. I think those guys mm-hmm. are are done on winning teams. They can be situational. They cannot start in a winning team. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, Doc, I mean, Doc still gives him chances, and he gets absolutely cooked right yes. now. And, like, yeah. honestly, Doc is one of the coaches because he had him before and had mm-hmm. success with him before, where he was, he's like, yeah, I'll give him whatever chance. Like, he loves that guy. And even Daryl yeah. Morey, like, Daryl Morey went on a podcast and said that. Talk was talking about the backup center because the backup center is just perpetually a Sixers problem. That he didn't even mention Montrez as like one of their backup centers. Like I don't, I th- I think that Maury, if he could, just he would jettison him if he could. But I think yeah. Doc really likes him, and I think Doc's given him every chance. But my point is, there's with those guys not being able to make it in the league, like the Reggie Evans of the world, like those guys yeah. don't exist in the NBA anymore. Yeah. Now you have a different kind of injection of talent, which is just skill only. And it's and honestly you can function with less like bulk and strength in the league. Yeah. Whereas with that Russ and KD team, you couldn't. Like that's why they went no. and got Perk. That's why they played Nick Collis in big minutes. And I think Nick would do fine in this league just like Jay Jay Will does because yeah. he does have some skill. But the guys that are just brute force only, they're gone. You don't play those guys. They were taking up a big chunk of the league at the time. Yes. And now they're not. And this is why, like, you didn't draft, we didn't draft a big, like a, a traditional big man in the top 12 because of all of this. And so, yeah. like, the Thunder right now are able to, they use their two way spots and they can bring in guys like Lindy and kind of develop them. Like I, I'm not sure if Lindy works in the league with with Kevin and Russ. Like I, I just don't know. And one, one he doesn't get the chance because the two way contracts didn't even exist. But also, Andrew, I mean, OKC drafted Jeremy Lamb. Yeah, 
and he had two seasons. Well, traded, of yeah, traded for him duties, but yeah, only, yeah, only. totally. They had no, yeah, they had no form of development for him on the court. That is the issue. Like you have the point is you have Russ, KD, Ibaka. You will win basketball games no yeah. matter who plays with them. Just yeah. just and, play the guy twenty five minutes a night. And the like, coach feels pressure to win. I know is part of but, the reason why those guys didn't play. Yeah, yeah, but the the, the pressure now is you need to be uh, a development team. Yeah, and a winning team. You you can't you can't get to choose between yeah. the two. You have to do both. Because the long-term plan is being sustainable, and you be you are sustainable. Mm-hmm. And this is not just basketball; it's any company. You can you can yeah. squeeze your best totally. guy and not just losing their time in teaching the yeah. young ones. Yep, yep. Or or you can just be a little bit less competitive, but you will have young players in the pipeline, young workers in you the pipeline. To, yeah, you have to have an eye on development all the time. You're right. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm doing that right now with. Uh, at the athletic where I'm like keeping my eye out for people all the time, like seeing like what young talent we can bring in to do our daily ding show. So, yeah, I mean, that's, <clears throat> that's definitely a, a process that I think everybody who has like a, a healthy organization is doing. And the, what's cool about this thunder team is that they're able to just bring in anybody because of the way they play offense mm. and almost anybody can work because of the, because of the offense and because they don't have like a player that has like a crazy usage rate that's controlling everything and controlling the style of play. The style of play is dictated by the, basically by Mark. It's like, we're going to be dribble drive and we're going to spray the ball out and everybody's going to touch the ball and and everybody can bring the ball up the court. It's not just Shea. It's everybody gets a chance. Isaiah Joe brings the ball up the court for the thunder at times and that's part of, I mean, Lindy did too against the Suns. And, and Andrew, um, it's Mark without a doubt. But there were moments at the beginning of last season where the focus was just to move and pass, move and pass, move and pass. And this year it's not move and pass, it's dribble and pass, which is also one of the strengths of the best player on the court. And and this seems like a subtle development, mm-hmm. you know, he's his kind of game, but it's not, it's, it's not, uh, it, it's not something small. It's, yeah. Hey, we, we, we see who is the best player with the ball in sense. Uh, we need to, to, to create a brand of basketball that suits him first yep. and also the other ones. Yep. Uh, so you still have a collective way to play basketball and organize yeah. a democratic way to play basketball yeah uh but you have uh, a style of play that fits your best player to a t yep. and, and and this is this is why i'm so confident on my on mark Dignan as a coach because yeah. in two seasons he he has taught this guy how to these guys how to play defense yeah um they are a nice defensive team they miss some point some parts to be actually a great defensive team right. but are parts not concepts mm-hmm. and on offense they play a very nice brand of basketball, yep. a, a, like a pleasing um, brand of basketball to the yep. to the eyes of the watcher. So mm-hmm. it's it's something that is has been very uh, very good and yep. um, and yeah yeah and it allows guys it allows the guys that they've been plugging in to thrive. I don't think everyone would thrive in it. I don't think Baisley thrived in it. 
You no. know, I don't think Tari Eason would thrive in it. You know, I think there are players no. that I'm not confident. I, Shaden Sharp, we just talked about Shaden Sharp for the Thunder. I'm not confident Shaden Sharp would thrive in it. Um, yeah. But guys like J-Dub, yep. And, the, I mean, they picked Jang <clears throat> because they think he can thrive in it. Oh, he and, can drive. And he, he can drive and thrive. Yeah, I think so, too. And that's why I think we got to give him more time. But, you know, that's why they pick these particular guys. It's like how, what guys can be maximized within the system. And that's just, it's been kind of cool to watch. So, okay, we're done. That's why they will pick your guy, apparently. Hey. If he's there, if he's available. I wouldn't know that. Hey, we're we're, going to talk about who that guy is uh, on the episode on Wednesday. So tune in for that. We're going to talk more NBA draft. Uh, on Wednesday with McKellie and I will be we'll be back for you guys then. Uh, hope you guys have a great day and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.